Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast, which is episode number two. Today's guest is Paul Dickinson. Paul is an online fitness coach, helping people transform the bodies and in turn transform their lives. He also does a bit of in-person coaching. He is a former MMA fighter, an Ironman athlete, and also a champion bodybuilder. Paul likes to push his body to the limits, so we talk about that, what makes him tick, what makes him want to keep pushing his body to the limits, but most importantly, he is also a dad. We have a good chat, and of course, we get that obligatory, embarrassing story. So before we go any further, guys, can you make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode, and if you be ever so kind, go ahead, make sure you leave us a five-star review, top max review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Maybe leave us some nice little comments, give it a share on your social media and show us some love. So without further ado, here is my chat for episode number two with Paul Dickinson. Enjoy, guys. Okay, welcome to the next episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. Today, I have with me Paul Dickinson. Paul is uh, he's currently a personal trainer, runs an online fitness business as well. Uh, he's a former Ironman bodybuilding champion. And most importantly, like most of us listening to this podcast, he's a dad. Uh, so welcome on, pal. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you, mate. How are you? I'm all right, mate. All right. Just got back from work about half an hour ago, threw my tea down my neck, put little in bed and then jump straight in garage for record this with you, mate. So I'm good. Busy day today as well. How are you anyway, pal? Are you coping all right? Yeah, mate. I'm good. I'm good. good. Like I said, uh, we're uh, just settling into the swing of things now. It's been uh, manic first couple of weeks. You probably know yourself, just literally so many client programs to create, you know, so they can, they can train at home. So the first, like in the first 10 days or so, we're absolutely manic, just getting everyone readjusted to home training, reassuring people that they can still, you know, get progressive workouts in and effective workouts in at home. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just kind of settled down now and uh, like normality now, isn't it? Good stuff, mate. Yeah, good. It is, yeah. I mean, we're turning fine. It's becoming kind of normal. My missus is working from home at the minute and it's kind of become normal to her at the minute. I think she's probably looking forward to going back, like getting out of the house. But <laughs> other than that, it's kind of normal, mate. So, right, if it's all right with you, mate, uh, we'll just start, you know, I like starting early on with people, really, and just getting a bit of backstory uh, from people. Yeah, so, um, on, obviously, I, I know you're, you're relatively local to me. Um, but, like, you know, what, what were you like as a kid? Were you, uh, you know, were you into sports? Were you, were you a good lad, a bad lad, or what? Yeah, I think... As a, as a younger kid, I started sport pretty early. So I started playing rugby around four years of age right. uh, at Tilsley. And I played rugby and football all the way through to probably mid-teens uh, for school, St. Murray's, which was, uh, which was a good level, St. Murray's rugby and football teams back then. And then probably from around mid-teens to about 19, when, when I had my son, uh, was kind of the the phase where I got out of everything. I had, you know, no positive role models really around. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, sport just kind of, kind of dwindled off in that period. Yeah. Uh, stop playing rugby, stop playing football. And then you kind of get to that age, don't you, around 16. And 
the pub comes calling and going out with your mates at the weekend. Yeah. And uh, it all goes out the window then. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, mate, very similar to myself, that. Because, I mean, I, uh, did you say you were 19 when you, your lad was 19 born? when I had my son, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was only just 17 when my lad was born. <laughs> so I was the same, into sport, played rugby at a re- you know, decent level for like my county and stuff like that, and then started falling by the wayside. And then, well, especially when the, the little one as he was back then came, it definitely all stopped as, I, as I, I believed I didn't have the time to do it. Like, But obviously, as I've got older, you know, I know, I know maybe I did, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We learn from what we do and we don't do or we quit or whatever we do, don't we? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, I think if 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 you could, you're probably the same. If we could go back with 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 what we know now and apply that when you know when we were teenagers in and in, in early twenties, it would have been uh, it would have been a different story. You know, you could have probably played sport at a higher level. Hundred you know, percent. Yeah. those things you live and learn, don't you? Yeah. So obviously, I know now that you you train regularly. You know, because you know we've sport many times. We've even done a a training session together a while back and uh, what have you, but what, what got you back into training then? So, you know, was there anything in particular or can you remember when you decided, right, I need to get back in the gym? Was there anything in particular that made you? Yeah, so I, I say I had my son at 19 uh, and then my life, my life then revolved around around him, you know, when everybody else was going out at the weekends getting getting smashed. I'd just be sat in at home with my, with, with my new son and I got into the habit, I think, of, you know, drinking cans in the house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Before I knew it, I'd gone from this relatively, you know, skinny uh, teenager into uh, into a bit of an overweight, an overweight dad. And I think my my shining moment was I, I looked in the mirror. I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror one day, and I had this belly hanging over my jeans. Uh, and yeah, that was the catalyst then for me to uh, to do something about it. Uh, I think I got to about 23, I think, when I got when I got into the gym, uh, and I had no clue back then what I was what I was doing. Yeah, just what what uh, was it for you back then? Just typical bro split, was it chest day? Yeah, mate, it definitely was. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, chest, back, legs, shoulders, yeah. arms, and uh, and abs, lifting lifting as as heavy as I could. Yeah, and the whole goal was. Was was to get massive. That's that's all I wanted to to do. So I wanted to to change how I look from this uh, you know this this guy with a belly hanging over to you know what I'd seen what I'd seen on on pictures and magazines. So I, I used to have uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. Yeah, I do. Pal. That, was, that was the first book I, I read on it, and uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, I want to be massive in shape, uh, and. Nutrition back then was uh, was was Morrison's at, at dinner time for a uh, Warburton's loaf and a full chicken. And you did uh, that's how I did. Wolf fat down every single day. The and, full loaf uh, of bread as well. Full loaf of bread, mate, and a full Jeez, chicken. Man. That was it uh, for you know. That was my uh, my lunch and my uh, my dinner as well. Bloody hell, was half of that. Well, I know I have seen on your uh, on your social media, like probably it's probably around the time you, you a post you put up every now and then, showing like the different stages you've been through. And I know there was the time when you were saying you were training to be as big as possible. I know you were you were a big lad, like you know you could you could tell looking at you you lifted. But I know I remember you seeing that actually. You said you were eating the full chicken, sat outside of work or Morrison's or wherever it was. Yeah, I've posted that picture uh, a few a few times, and people still don't think it's real. People still think it's. Uh... 
it's photoshopped and because they reckon my head doesn't look uh, look right on that body. Doesn't, mate. I'll be honest, when I've seen it, I can tell it's you, but obviously knowing knowing you like I do and that what I've seen you, mate, it's uh it, it's it's hard to imagine you were like that one day. Like and we'll we'll come on to that in a minute, mate. So um like I mentioned in the intro, like you know, you've done a bit of MMA, Ironman bodybuilding. So what was the first excuse me, first thing you did competitively as an adult, you know, was it the MMA? Yeah, MMA came first, mate. So, I mean, this, the stories kind of tie in with each other. So, you know, just going back to, to that picture, I was up uh, just underneath 19 stone uh, in that picture. Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd start to, I'd start to develop injuries. So, uh, I got bad lower back issues from, from squatting. I started yeah. to get bad knees and, uh, and bad shoulders, you know, through just pure heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I got to the point where I would I would go and play football with my with my lad on the field and I'd be absolutely knackered after around 90 seconds. I mean, you know, physically panting away and I was useless and I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't want this. Uh, so I was looking for something that would not only uh, drop some weight, but would would kind of you know, challenge my, my, my competitiveness, yeah. but also more than anything that would, would increase fitness and increase my mobility. And that's when I found, started training mixed martial arts. I think when I was about, I'm trying to think back now, probably when I was about 30, I think it was just, just as I hit 30, I think I got into, uh, into mixed martial arts training. Just out of interest, um, mate, where did you, where did you start off? Where did you uh, do your training first? I started off uh, a gym in, Walkden, which was, I'm trying to think what it was called, and I think it was, uh, Mixed Martial Arts Academy, it was, uh, okay. it was called, run by uh, a guy who lives in, in, in West Lee called Steve Boys. Uh, he ran the, uh, the, the gym where I first went. And uh, yeah, so the thing, I think I spent two years training MMA, and when I, when I fought, I think I weighed in a, 12 stone 12 on, Jeez, man. on five days. <laughs> I dropped, I dropped like, you know, almost seven stone in, in, in 18 months to two years of, uh, of training. And that's kind of where I got the, the bug for kind of challenges. Yeah. Uh, so I really started to get interested in, in, in all different aspects of, of training. So strength training, you know, bodybuilding, energy system development, you know, all that kind of thing kind of started to fascinate me yeah and uh, yeah that's what uh that was probably when i first got the actual real bug for training it just came such an important part of my life from there so take it the uh, the personal training came after this did it or had you, or you already been personal training prior to that no mate it came it came after that personal training was probably around i think seven years ago i i qualified as a as a personal trainer so yeah that that that, that came you know, in conjunction with that, with that period of time where I was, you know, really into, really into training and, and, and passionate about it. And I thought, you know, I was in, I ran my own business doing, uh, doing drains, you know, clearing drains and putting new drainage systems and stuff like that in. And yeah. I hated the job, you know, it was, I, I was just, just a one man band. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I want, I want to change, I want to change my life now, not only, you know, from, from what I do from a training point of view, but also from, from a business point of view as well. So I wanted that to, to be my career. So it kind of, uh, 
yeah, that kind of set me off on on where I was today. Cool Good stuff, man. So the Iron Man came next, did it, or was there anything before that? No. So I mean, after you know, I I, I got in, I competed then in in MMA. I had one fight, and that was that was my only aim was to was, was to get in there and get to a level where I could where I could compete and uh, and then then move on. You know, I was getting. I was getting into my early thirties then, so it was never something that you know I had any expectations of it being, you know, going any further into you know as, as a career. It was just yes. something that I wanted to do, get to a certain level, experience it, and then and then move on. And then I probably spent a few years then uh, just just enjoying training, so just yeah. really experimenting with uh, you know all different all different training systems, all different kinds of training programs, uh, and then. I did a photo shoot down at Grenade Fit in, I think that was 2017. So that was the first time, you know, that I'd proper, you know, got myself into, into, you know, great condition. Yeah. And then I think the Ironman then came, came the year after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, to be honest with you, I think that's the first time I sort of came across you, so to speak, was on the, um, the Grenade Fit uh, Facebook page. They had like sort yeah, of yeah. a free members group. Yeah, I remember keep seeing all these posts from this guy Paul Dixon. I thought, oh yeah, he sounds like he knows he's talking about this guy and the stuff you were talking about. I thought that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in, and you know, like I said, more strength training and things like that. So then when I looked a bit deeper, I thought, Christ, he's only from Down Road. You know, I didn't realise you live so close <laughs> to me, considering Grenade Fit, like you know, bottom of the, literally the bottom yeah. of the country, like you know, yeah. in it, it's miles away. Um, right, so then the Iron Man came, yeah, which I mean you know to a regular bloke so to speak if you like man. there's not many many things probably more difficult from a, a physical aspect of uh preparing yourself i'd imagine but you know t talk us through that man what made you want to do it how, how did you find it, 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 it you know the, the funny story how it came about was uh what the gym i was working in we we, we had a uh a massage therapist there who was who was a uh a multiple iron man and you know we was chatting me and him and and one of the young lads who was working the desk uh, and the young lad said to me huh you, you won't be able to do an iron man and and that's that is literally how how, how the idea came about uh, i think it was in around end of november in 2017 and right. he said that then and i said right well we'll we'll see and once once i get those ideas in in my head that's it then i'm i i, I set my sights on on, on what i want to do you know i don't have any and i talk about this quite a lot i don't have any any special gifts you know i'm not gifted from from an athletic point of view like i have a younger brother who is literally super gifted in and anything he does he's he, he's brilliant at uh and you know i don't i don't have any any special gifts in that department but what I do have is a, a work ethic and a work capacity that when I say you know I will I will do something you know I will I, I will follow it through and and that's where where Iron Man came from and I had no idea Dan what I was doing when I started when I started Ironman training I borrowed uh, a bike off a mate of mine and in middle of in middle of December I was going out riding riding a bike for 20-30 miles in 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 snow and blizzards and uh guys were saying to me what, what are you doing you know we we don't 
we don't go out riding in winter. We we train on turbo trainers inside. I was like, what? What's a turbo trainer? Yeah. Well, so that's it. You've never done it. You know, would you? Yeah. No, I, I didn't have a clue. I was riding around on this uh, on this road bike in 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 snow, and and the back wheel was flying around everywhere. I was falling off it, and I had no clue what I was doing. And then gradually. I got a turbo trainer, set a bike up in my front room. I got some some ideas off the off the massage therapist Neil, the guy who who worked at our place, and he just mm-hmm. gave me pointed me in the direction of you know where to where to learn stuff from. Uh, and then I literally taught myself how to how to do all the how to do all the aspects of it. Yeah. So I had this bike set up in 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 my front room where I would where I would get the miles in on the bike, uh, and then I would just go out and run on the roads. And when I first, when I, when I first did, I first went into swimming pool, I think was, was beginning of January. And so bear in mind, when, when we talk about an Ironman, it's, uh, I'm just going to ask you know, that maybe just in yeah, case. So we're on, we're, we're on virtually three, a 3.8 kilometer swim. I think it's 180 kilometers on the bike and then a 42 kilometer, uh, run. Yeah. And, and I'd had no, I had not rode a bike since, since I was a kid and I used to dick around on my BMX. That was the, that was the only experience I'd had a bike. And running wise was, I think, probably when we used to do cross country at school. Yeah. And I used to take a shortcut and get, you know, get back before uh, well, most other that. people because we knew, <laughs> we knew if it get back. And that's that's the last time I'd I'd uh, I'd run. And I remember getting in the swimming pool for the first time and understanding that it was January then. The Ironman was in July of 2018. So I literally had five or six months to kind of get this training in and, and, and put it all together. And you, you'll know when you go on holiday, you jump in swimming pool, don't you? You do a few laps and, you know, you think, you think you're a bit of a swimmer, you know. You, oh, yeah. you can do your breathing with your head in the water and all that. And you think, yeah, well, it'll be no problem, the swimming. I jumped in the swimming pool and in the first session, I did 50 metres. That was it. And I was absolutely knackered. That's me now, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got out of this swimming pool after after not being able to swim fifty meters, and thought, I've got to swim three thousand eight hundred, and I, you know the, the the doubts come in, but then you've just got to break it down. Then so my my, my I knew I'd be all right on the bike uh, because I've been I've been getting plenty of bike work in, and then once the weather was better, we got out on the road and the bike. I knew that I would get through. I wouldn't set I wouldn't you know I wouldn't set the world on fire but I'd get through the bike part no matter what. Mm-hmm. Once I got through the bike, I knew that no matter what happened, I would complete the run. Whether I had to rock, run, walk, crawl, I knew I'd com- I knew I would complete it. But I, the swimming part was was the fear for me because I had visions of, you know, jumping because in Pennington Flash, which you, which you know well. Yeah. So I had visions of getting into Pennington Flash, splashing and splashing around and being being fished out by organizers on one of the uh, one of the boats and so then you I just broke it down literally into into 500 meters so my first goal was right to swim 500 meters yeah. you know without stopping then after I got to that it was swim a thousand meters without stopping and then once you once you can swim once you can swim a thousand meters 1500 you, you you know and, and you you learn how to breathe and and I actually learned how to breathe on on YouTube uh, I YouTube I YouTube breathing for uh, for yes. Ironman swimming and then I got a few swimming sessions in with with Neil the guy I mentioned before 
And once you can swim around probably 1500 meters, you, you're into the groove then. And then you can just kind of, you can just kind of keep swimming. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, obviously we've got to then get into some open water swimming. So we know, you know, we know what to expect on the, on the day. And the first time I went to open water swimming, I went to Salford Keys. Uh, I think it was end of, end of March. And I think the water temperature might have been possibly around, around 11 degrees, if I remember rightly. And Neil, who I was with, so I've, I've got this wetsuit on, got ready for getting. And he said to me, when you get in, this, you know, this, this cold is really going to hit you. So just take some deep breaths, get yourself comfortable mm-hmm. before you set off swimming. And me being me, you know, what those blokes are like, yeah, no worries, I'll be fine. You know, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. I've done cold showers and, that, and all that. I'll, I'll just get in and get cracking. <laughs> I got in and I literally thought that I was going to drown there and then because everything just stiffened up. Yeah. The water came over, went inside the wetsuit, and I literally could not breathe. It took me about five minutes to uh, to compose to compose myself in there and, and mm-hmm. set off swimming. And then it was just a case of just getting used to it and gradually gradually building it up. And I think about two weeks before the actual Ironman event was the first time that I actually swam the distance in in open water. Yeah. And you know, once once I'd done that, then and knew that I could swim that far. Uh, you know, I was happy that, that, that I would get it completed. But that still didn't set me up for what was to come. <laughs> well, that's it. I'd, I'd imagine, I mean, because in the fire service, there's, there's, there's a big culture of Ironman or triathlons and stuff like that. There's loads of, loads of blokes, especially in, in the job that do it. Um, and, and from chatting to some of them in, you know, years previous and stuff, they've said that when you're training, am I right in thinking you'd never do the three aspects together in a training session? Yeah, you, yeah. You, so you would do, yeah, you would do swims would would be done on their own, yeah. and then you would do you would do brick sessions, which basically you would go out and ride the bike for X amount of miles, yeah, and then you drop the bike off, and you would you you would go out to run them, which you know is conditioning your legs to get used to running as as soon as you come off the bike. Because you can imagine right. when you're when you're cycling, you know, 80, 90, 100 miles, when you get off, your, you know, your, your legs are dead. And the first thing you want to do is, is lie down and... Lie down, uh, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And do nothing. Yeah, so, yeah, you never, you never actually put the, 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 the three together until, yeah. until on the day. So, like you said, it must have been a big shock then. So, um, so obviously, you did that, pal, um, which I don't even care. I, I'm not even interested in what time you got or anything. I don't care, mate, because it's something I I know I'd never end up doing it, mate. Just because one, it's it's not. I don't know. It's just not something that interests me. From from what I mean is by that is that like, I know that I hate running, I hate swimming, and I don't mind cycling a bit. So I just don't think I'd enjoy even trying. You know, so fair play to you, mate, for having that. Yeah. The will and drive I mean, I, to do it. I was I was the same as you, mate. You know, I I, I hate I hated the uh, the the disciplines as well, and yeah. I can't describe, you know, how, how how painful the experience is. You know, don't get me wrong. When you when when you come over that line after completing it, you know that, that feeling of euphoria is 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 absolutely massive. And for that for that split second when you come over the line, you you forget about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the pain, about 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 everything that you've you you've been through, 
because it's a psychological battle. You know, oh, when, yeah, I can imagine. When, when, when I got to the run after, after the bike ride, I was knackered. I think it, I was in the... It, when you transition in between, in between swimming and, and cycling, then cycling, you get into transition. You should be in there for about uh, three or four minutes. I remember when my time splits came once I'd completed and, and you get everything through. I was in the second transition between the, the bike and the run for 17 minutes. Right? <laughs> my legs were dead. Uh, I did, and I, didn't, I did not want to go out and run a marathon. Yeah. There was nothing in me that wanted to go out and run a marathon. Only the fact that I'd said I would do it and, and I intended to, to do it. And I, I remember when I come, came over the finishing line, you know, everyone's cheering and you, you kind of forget about everything from the... But I'd had this wet in my, in my feet all the way around, which I thought was just sweat. Mm-hmm. And when I went and sat down, you know, back, backstage is, for, for want of a better word, where you kind of sit there and, and, and the enormity of what you've just achieved uh, comes over you and you start, you know, you start taking all your stuff off and getting back into normal gear. I remember taking my trainers off and my, and my socks were, were wet, but by the time I'd finished, they were now, they were now dry. And when I peeled my socks off, I started pulling toenails off with my socks because that, that, that wet that I'd had was, was blood in my, uh, in my trainers that had, that had dried up. And I was still losing toenails six months after. Jesus, man. So they just falling off. <laughs> yeah, mate, just literally falling off. Like I got home and I was wrecked. Literally, I was wrecked for about three or four days. And I reckon it probably took me about three months to get over it uh, totally. In that first three months, I had no interest in training. Uh, my body felt like it had been, you know, smashed to pieces. Yeah. And as I said, yeah, six months later, I was, I, I was still having toenails falling off. But I wouldn't change it, you know. Uh, it makes your experience I, to talk about, in it, and remember. Yeah, I will have that with me forever, no matter what happens, and it's something that I'm, you know, I'm really, really proud of. Yeah, good, and so you should be, mate. So, I'm, am I right in thinking then that the the bodybuilding came next? Yeah, it, it, it was something very similar. It kind of just, you know, there was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. So, by, by this time, I got, you know, I got into this place where I wanted to. I wanted to build this, this, this body that could, that could take on all demands. Mm-hmm. That you know, I could literally switch my attention to something, and in a matter of months, I'd, I'd, I'd be able to do it. So that, so between MMA and and, and where I am now, th- this is what I was always, I was always working towards. Uh, and I was in, you know, I was in, I was in pretty decent shape, and I, I took, I think I took a selfie in, in in the mirror at home and I thought you know what I mean I mean I'm in pretty decent condition and, and bodybuilding had been my kind of my first love where training was concerned mm-hmm. and so I sent Ollie Ollie Carson who you who you know a message and I yeah. said you know I said have a look here and you know what what do you think we could do do you think we could and I think this was 10 weeks before 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 I did the competition I said you know what do you think we could be competitive in a in a master's division and he sent me a message back and saying mate 100% definitely and that's basically how, how the idea idea was born so we found from that point we found which was the the latest the latest competition to give us to give us most time and I think the latest one was was 10 weeks from 
right. from that day, which was the, the UK UP Midlands. And we, we set our sights on that. And uh, again, it was just another case of, of head. I, I would, my eyes were on the prize, head down and do what, do what needed to be done. Awesome. And how did that go? For, I mean, I know, but for anyone listening, how did that go for you? Uh, so we, I, I entered the Masters uh, at the UK UP and I won the Masters, but I also won the overall in, in men's physique as well. So the, the awesome. overall title and then I won the, master, I won the Masters at the Brits finals the, uh, the, the following week. Uh, and, you know, we, 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 we created a, again, a physique that I was, that I was really proud of that, you know, held up against, against lads in the, in, in, in the twenties as well. So yeah, you know, I was chuffed to, uh, chuffed to bits with that. Yeah, good. And so it should be, I remember seeing your pictures, mate, and don't get me wrong. I'm not exactly what you call a, a physique coach myself in, in that aspect. Like Ollie is, by the way, I've been messaging Ollie today and he's hopefully coming on. We've not nailed a day in time down yet, but he's coming on for a, a chat. Yeah, get him on. Ollie is just a, a, a fantastic, a fantastic bloke. And the first time I met him was, he, he did Iron Man at the same time as, as me. The first right. time we met, we met face to face was uh, was on the start line in wetsuits uh, at Ironman. So that's how that relationship was kind of uh, was was born out of. Cool, good stuff, man. Right. So so then moving on from your you know your your sporting achievements if you like. Then so I'd probably be right in guessing that your biggest achievement is probably being a dad. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, mate. You know everything. I've always said that everything I do is to try and set an example to to my children that if if you're willing to to dedicate yourself to something if you're willing to you know make necessary sacrifices there is you know there is nothing that is you know is outside of your achievements uh and yeah you know that's that's ultimately what what I want to do and and you know just try just try to Try to lead by lead by example, and hopefully, when they, you know, my, my lad's in his in his twenties now, but hopefully, when my daughter's also a bit older and she's, you know, interested in more things than lashes and having her extensions put in, you know, she will uh, she'll look back and think, you know, my dad's pretty cool with a bit of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she will, mate. So, just out of interest, then, pal, is there anything like you can think of that you found as like you know big challenges as a dad, whether it be you know, something from actually raising your kids as such that's been a, that were a massive challenge for you, even if it was years ago or, or anything now, even though your kids are growing up at all, mate? Yeah, I think when I was, when I was mixed martial arts training, you know, it, it, if you want to be at a decent level, it requires uh, a hell of a lot of training. So I was training seven days a week, two to three times uh, a day in different disciplines and also still lifting at a gym. So I spent quite a lot of, quite a lot of time away from home yeah uh, you know which was which was difficult but the one thing I, I I'd always done you know I'd always worked for for my for myself for the last 12 13 years so I'd always been able to drop my kids off at school pick them up from pick them up from school yes. put them to bed at night uh, so yeah you know I kind of just just managed it I think the only difficulties is when you get when the kids get a bit older and they think that you are really really uncool no matter what you do. Yep. Uh, they're, they're the biggest difficulties I uh, I find. Yeah, good stuff, man. So, what's next for you then, mate? I mean, I know you posted something the other week, so I, I, again, I've got a bit of an idea what might be next for you. But um... I mean, 
Any the, plans? The, the idea, yeah, the idea was after after the body, after the men's physique shows was I was going to dedicate my I was going to dedicate twelve months to to competing, uh, which sort of took on five competitions across across twenty twenty. Obviously, now you know the majority of them have been have been cancelled. Yeah. So we don't yeah. know we don't know what's what's going to happen later in the year. What do I want to achieve from a future point of view? I hate running. So I and so I, I have this thing that if if I really don't like something, but I can get I can get half decent at it, then everything else becomes easy. So I have this thing about things things that I, I hate doing. I have to try and get 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 half decent at them. So yeah. I've no doubt somewhere along the lines in the next couple of years, a an ultra marathon will uh, will, will will come into the uh, into the equation. And I really enjoyed, you know, when I was doing the Ironman training, I really enjoyed the open water swimming. Right. So I reckon the challenge from, from some kind of open water will, will come in. And then let this, later on this year, hopefully, is a, another men's physique show, which will be the PCA in, in Manchester, if, if they're allowed to, to go forward. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see, what, we'll see what next year brings after that. But, I mean, so I'm a kind of... I don't want to dedicate too much of my time to one thing because I want to try so many things because there's going to yeah. come a time in, in, in all our lives when we can no longer do the things that we really want to do. So I want to experience as many of them as I can before, before that time comes. Yeah, definitely, mate. Totally agree with that. Um, so obviously you don't know exactly what's going to happen just yet because of the, you know, like you said, the, the, the bodybuilding shows being canceled and postponed and what have you. Um, but like I've uh, been asking all the guys I've had on the, the show so far, and I'll be asking all, all guests in the future, tell us an embarrassing story. Don't matter Wait, if it's you know from what? your adult, this, kid. This, this has kid. been the hardest part of my day today, is thinking because I don't go out a lot, I'm not a drinker, I've not got many embarrassing stories. I, but I do, I do, I'll tell you one from the gym, which was, I think, was probably around, when would it have been? I think it may have been in, in my mid-30s. I remember training the gym once. And do you know when you get under a bar for a, for a bench press and you're getting towards your, you know, what your, what your PB is? Yeah. And, you, you know, you've got that weight on and you look around and there's not really anybody there to spot you. So you know you can probably get three reps with this weight. And you get your three reps out and you're feeling strong, you're feeling good, and you think to yourself, I've got another one here. I've never done four reps with this weight, so I'm going to go for it. I remember this story that I, I, I would start to go for this four reps and it did not go anywhere, right? It was stuck right there on my chest. And the only two people in my vicinity was two middle-aged ladies oh, who no. were fooling around, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the really? pink dumbbells. And they had to shout them and ask them to come and help me... Uh, and help me lift it off. And by this time, there'd been a few more people coming in the gym and, uh, and seeing that I'd got this, uh, this bar stuck on me and the story soon went, uh, soon went round. Well, that's I think that was probably no secrets, is there? <laughs> mega embarrassing for, you know, oh, for, sorry, uh, that 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 I've done, unfortunately, I can say I've done that myself, but I was fortunate enough it wasn't two middle-aged ladies, it was just another fella in the gym. So I wasn't too embarrassed about saying, can you help me yeah. here, mate, with this weight well, I was, believe me. Well, I was exactly the same, yeah. Like you said, went for like a three-rep max. Thought, yeah, I fancy number four or whatever, number five. 
went for it. Yeah. Got to my chest. Just stops, not moving. Just stops dead, doesn't it? Probably overthought. It's probably more about overthinking it, I think, than anything else. Right, mate. So just briefly touch, obviously, almost at the end now, mate, but just to, to briefly touch on like your, your personal training, just so um, I know you're a MNU certified nutritionist, aren't you, as well? I am, yes. Yeah, which is a big, big time in, in our game, I think, mate. So yeah, yeah, mate. It's definitely for me. It's the it's the it's the gold standard. And even doing that, mate. You know, I still I still don't have all the answers. When when I listen to other people talk about nutrition, so you know, your Martin McDonald's, uh, people like that. These guys, these guys literally blow my mind when 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 they start talking. But what 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 I did what I did take from that was. Uh, a real, a real understanding of what evidence-based nutrition actually is, and you know, you you, you probably I know you've got the same principles uh, where as me where where we stand on this, especially when it comes to comes to fat loss, is just getting the message out there that you know you don't have to be on a diet all the time. Absolutely, you, know, man. you can you can eat foods you enjoy. You can you can have because. You know, ninety nine percent of the people that, that that we will deal with as coaches are just general population people. They wanna they wanna be relatively lean, relatively strong. You know, the gym is not the be all and end all. Absolutely. You know, they've got social lives. They've got they've got children. They've got partners. They've got they've got friends. And trying to get the message across to people that you know it is our job to to build these to build these processes and these habits into your life, not to literally have you starving yourself uh, constantly. And as you're well aware, mate, there's so many in the game that are trying to, uh, you know, trying to push this, this, this message now of all these fad diets and you've made jokes about, you know, skinny coffee and detox teas like, <laughs> like I have. But as you well know, you know, once people, once people do these things and, and, and get a little bit of a result, it, it becomes almost like a cult following yeah and you can't, you, you, you know you can't change people's minds they will argue with you absolutely until the cows come home yeah and it's and i think the thing is with that is that like you, you know you people that like might sort of get you know caught in by let's use this skinny coffee type thing for example yeah. the people that you know get caught up by it and end up you know buying it whether they get results or not, whatever, it's it's more that they don't necessarily know any better. And that's what I think that yourself, I'm confident you do from what I see from your message, and, and I certainly do, is trying to teach people that there is a better way where you don't have to be drinking these things. You can eat your normal food. You can have your Sunday, you know, you go for a carvery with your kids on a Sunday and, and it's all right and you'll still you'll still be all right. Yeah. 100% mate. I mean, you know, people, pe people will get results from that if they, if they adhere to that. So if you, you know, if you drink yeah. skinny coffee and, 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 and that reduces your food intake, you know, you, you will consume less calories and, and, and you will lose weight. Yeah. And the message that we, you know, that the, the people that, you know, I kind of relate to and, and, and who I follow and stuff, the message that, that, that we're trying to get across is that you lost that weight because you ate less. Mm -hmm. very very simple you you yeah. ate less food that is why you lost that weight and it's trying to get people kind of they they're anchored to 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 this idea because yeah. because they they lost weight on it it must have been the coffee absolutely and it's like no it wasn't and uh, that is the difficult part because we we're surprised how much people uh 
actually do not know when it comes to when it comes to nutrition mm -hmm. and people people fall fall victim to to this kind of stuff because they they don't know no better so you know the more no, the more correct, people out that are educating you know the better the better for me yeah and that's it i mean with my clients i mean i've got some guys who've just started a, a new online program this week and some of the questions coming through from those guys um you know are such basic simple questions but i expect that because i know that these guys have probably never done any of this kind of stuff before so yeah. some of them are asking me you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? And, you know, I don't want to say some of the things because I don't want, if any of them are listening, think I'm... No, I'm, no, but I get Because I'm not, mate, because that's what I'm here for and know that that's what yeah. you're there for. But people don't realise that, um, you know, that that's... We are here to answer not necessarily the difficult questions, it's the simple stuff because a lot of people don't understand the simple stuff and that's what we're here for. 100%, mate. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more, you know. I think, I think our job is to, is to, is to take the, the complex stuff and then put the message across in the in the simplest terms uh, possible, because nobody, yeah, people don't understand, you know, uh, you know the the science behind behind things. A lot, a lot of the science, you know, I can't even uh, I can't even grasp it. A lot of the time, it, it blows my mind. So we can't expect, you know, the everyday person who who's never done anything like this before to 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 have that kind of knowledge. Yeah. So from, from my point of view, it's just educating people on basic calories, on macronutrients, and then on kind of getting people to understand that there's, there's no good and bad foods. Because as you, as, as you know, through people that we deal with uh, on a regular basis, that when people, when people want to lose weight, the first thing that they think they have to do is cut out everything that they enjoy. And obviously we're trying to convey the complete opposite message that you can keep that stuff in yeah you just got to look at limiting the portion sizes and the frequency that you eat that kind of uh, that kind of food mm -hmm. and i suppose a perfect perfect example excuse me uh, for you is i don't know if you still do this but i remember seeing on your like your stories and that that on tuesdays you always had your dominoes yeah and i know until the very final weeks of your bodybuilding show you were still doing it even when you were cutting yeah. weren't you you were cutting your calories yeah. right down but still always doing it always in mate so you know it was it's changed now it used to be two for Tuesdays, but we we, we 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 switched it to to a friday so one night a week we will have we you know we will have dominoes at, uh, at our house uh and yeah all the way possibly until about four weeks out from yeah. uh from competition you know i was still i was still eating that that, that, that yeah. dominoes dominoes pizza and uh yeah and 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 that's that's you know that's what we're we're trying to say. And people say, well, how, how can you eat Domino's and, and, and lose weight? Because you know my expenditure is is high, but I also adjust what I'm consuming on that day. So when I know if, as you well know, if you if you set a day when you are going to do that, then you can adjust for that. So you can eat a smaller lunch, you can possibly skip breakfast, and you can still fit it in, in into what you need. And even if you don't want to do that, you know if you if you've got a, an eye expenditure, you know you can still you can still get that in quite comfortably. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Right, pal. So I think we'll call it a day though. So I want, you know, anyone that's listening, I want to make sure they give you like a follow and all that on social media. So do you want to tell people where they can find you? On either yeah, mate. Uh, I do most of the stuff through, through Instagram and my handle is at P underscore D underscore fitness. And then I have a Facebook page, which is just PD fitness, mate. And, uh, yeah, that's where that's where people can find me. Cool. So what I'll do is, mate, I'll uh, I'll put a, a link to it 
in the, like, the notes and that so people can uh, hop on and give you a follow anyway so thanks again mate i really appreciate your time pal especially on a on a night time so it's a monday night now so it's almost time for the celebrity sas show so yeah mate. absolutely my pleasure mate so i'm good hey uh, yeah that's that's that, that, that's the fun to do next i, I forgot to tell that I, yeah. I replied for that and uh, that's what I was into now yeah but yeah yeah i'll see if i can fingers uh, crossed you'll get yeah, on mate yeah. fingers crossed my pleasure mate lovely to chat to you yeah you too pal take it easy take mate care, thanks mate. again cheers paul yeah you too mate bye-bye